0: Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Stephen McCoy, and you are listening and watching Sessions with Stephen. And today we have the amazing actor, Mr. Thomas Hopson. How are you? I'm doing well, Stephen. How are you? Oh, I'm so great. Um, I'm so excited to have you here. I mean, uh, you've done so many amazing things, and you've been acting since you were like six, I think it
1: was, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and we're, we're here to discuss uh, the reading of All Boys Aren't Blue, which is written by George M. Johnson, and this particular piece was directed by the amazing... Nathan Williams um I've known him for years and um I can't wait to ask you um how they're working with him but how did this all come about uh
1: you know it's funny I was uh, it was just after um I think it was in between Christmas and New Year's and uh I got a text from Nathan saying you know hey do you wanna and I said yes before I even finished reading the whole thing I actually had to go back later and actually read what he wrote I just love Nathan so when he said do you want to work with me I said yes Um, so yes that's how I got involved Uh, just a a text from Nathan and a vague question early in December he'd he'd asked me if I had ever been associated with any uh, black fraternities and I was like no I always wanted to and I never did it and he said okay I don't think that matters I'll get back to you later a couple (laughs) weeks later
0: yeah that's amazing and how was it working with him
1: uh it was it was great. I've I've known Nathan for a little while now and I've been a huge fan of him as a person and uh his 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 work, um, all of the movies that he's done. I've just really enjoyed all of those and had secretly hoped that one day he'd ask me to join in on one. Yeah. And it was just it was just great. And especially because, you know, it's we're in a pandemic, so things are a little different. So we had to rehearse via Zoom and uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But he was just He was just so supportive and so clear on what he wanted, which made giving him that and finding where we all needed to come from so much easier.
0: He's very welcoming and loving, and I can only imagine how he is as a director, you know, being under his uh, microscope and and giving good direction.
1: Oh, so, so great. And and like I said, he's so specific, like he knows exactly what he wants. Um, Mm -hmm. But he still gives you the space to find it. You know, which which is great. Some I've worked with a lot of directors who know what they want and they're very heavy-handed about getting you there. And Nathan is like, "This is what's going to work, and let's just help you, yeah. you know, make your way, make your way there." It was it was. Uh, I, I honestly, when as I was leaving set that day, I was like, "So we'll do this again. Like we'll fi- we'll find something else to do together." <laughs> I, I just really enjoyed it.
0: That's amazing. And and tell us why all boys aren't blue. Why is that an important? story that needs to be told
1: oh um you know i think that we we we, you know we've we've been having so many conversations recently as a community as uh as a country as a as a global community about what it means to be masculine what it means to be um you know i used to do a nickelodeon show for a while and uh they had this word they made up called boyetics you know and it was like what what can we do to make little boys feel like little boys and i think that what we're learning nowadays is that masculinity covers a vast spectrum uh and that you can you can fall anywhere within that spectrum be anything that you want to be and i think that uh, you know i've been telling people i feel like what's important about george's work is that you know it, it forwards this idea that you know, blackness isn't a monolith, masculinity isn't a monolith, that, you know, uh, that everything exists on a, on a spectrum, and just because my story is different from yours doesn't make my story any less than yours.
0: Now, have you experienced any of that sort of uh, discrimination based off of your personality, how you were, or, or (laughs) anything like that?
1: Oh, oh yeah, 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 Um, you know, as I said, one of the things about George's uh writing is that you don't have to be George to to find yourself to feel yourself to be reminded of even you know the chapter that I get to read in this I, I I didn't have that exact experience that they had but I still was taken back to college and you're trying to figure yourself out and you know it's it's scary I do hope that we one day exist in a world where people don't have to come out because we're just so used to the idea that people can be queer and other. Um, But yeah, I just, you know, in college, it was really hard to not just to find myself and to come to terms with my sexuality, but then also to then feel like I had an obligation to tell everyone when I was still getting comfortable with that. Um, You know, growing up and being told by thank God, not my parents or my immediate family, but by outside forces that I wasn't presenting as masculine enough that I um, that I wasn't running right or talking right or walking correctly or dressing, you know, well, uh, you know, in, in in masculine boyish ways, um, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it was it was triggering in a, in a great way because I, I'm so far removed from that now. Yeah, that I yeah. have moments where I'm like, I wish I could. I mean, in order to become who I am and I really like who I am, I had to go through all of that. But I wish I could go at certain points and just be like, hey, little buddy. I promise you, you're going to make it through all of this. It it won't be so scary. That's what you would tell your younger self. Oh, yeah. Just like you have to go through it all because the person that will come out on the other side of it, you're really going to appreciate that person. Uh, And you're going to appreciate the people that you meet along that journey who help you find yourself. Right. Um, They won't. It will not be easy.
0: Well, it's with constant. you, you came from a very close knit family. Um, yes, you had both of your parents. You had your sister. Um, were they supportive of 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 you, your your career, of uh, your life?
1: Yes, uh, you know, and that's the fun thing. Even with the acting, you know, I was six years old when I told my parents that I wanted to act, and my parents were are not actors, and. You know we're very much so like okay well uh kids have extracurricular activities so maybe like, this will be his <laughs> yeah it's it's his sport it's his you know um and you know but like there were deals in place i had to go to college i had to do my you know, chores and be nice and you know be responsible be a good big brother all of those things um and so you know even when i went to college you know i i was pre-med for the first year and then i was like that's some bull crap, i'm not gonna be a doctor uh, and, you know, my parents were like, Yeah, no, we know what you're gonna be. You told us what you were gonna be when you were six. So, you know, just switch your major and go be that when you're done. And when it came time to come out, uh, my sister was the first person I told and she was like, Okay, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Cool. And my little brother was like, Yeah, no, I've, um, I've been telling people that you were gay for a long time and like all and like all all my friends are like your brother's so cool I wish I had a brother like your brother and I was like that's really interesting and then you know my parents I told last out of the immediate family and Mm. it was you know I I built so much anxiety and, and pressure up about what if I'm wrong what if my wonderful parents have a weird reaction and they were just kind of like yeah no we've been trying to tell you for a while that it was okay to you know let us know. And they were honest. You know, I think, I think a lot of parents, if they were honest, would just say the truth, which is that a lot of what they feel is fear. Um, it's fear of the unknown. It's fear that, like, someone could harm you for uh, or not understand you and by ver- and by way of not understanding you hurt you. Um, right. and, and because everything else that you dream about for your kids, you can still have. It's just that the idea that society might reject your child. Uh, and that's what my parents, like, we, we're totally fine with you. Our biggest fear was just, what if someone who doesn't know your heart hurts you right? or, or judges you? Or, and I'm like, and that's just, it's what happens. But you've raised me in such a way that I'll be okay. I'll get through that.
0: I love that. What can you say to the parents who aren't as supportive? or or just having some sort of difficulty about it. just watching your parents be very um, supportive?
1: You know, my grandmother uh, uh, always says, um, when it came time to start bringing people home, you know, for all of the grandkids, we started, you know, dating and bringing, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends and fiance's home. And my grandmother would say, if you like him, I love them. And I said, what does that mean? She said, I love you. And I want to be in your life. And I want to see you on holidays and birthdays and special occasions, she said. And so at the end of the day, if you are happy, I am happy. If you like someone, I love, I love that person. And, and I think that is really, really important. Because if you're not there for your child, your child will find a family. They'll make a family for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then you won't be a part of that. And that, and that loss can't be, can't be undone. And I have a lot of friends who have had to make that choice. And I'm proud to be their family. I'm proud to have my family also be their family. But you, you just can't replace that real, that real family unit. And my, and my mom always says that you have to meet your children where, where they are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She said, as parents, you have all these expectations, all these dreams you put on your child. But at a certain point, you have to be like, okay, this is a human being. And they're going to be, do, see, feel, act how they want. And so I have to meet you where you are. And I I think that's really important. That we not not that we try to force our thoughts on people, but that we say, okay, let me let me see you and let me accept you as you are.
0: My heart actually gives the beat when you When you were speaking of your grandmother, I thought that was really nice. Um, and and just going back to all boys aren't blue, mm-hmm. you're also working with Jennifer Lewis, the legendary oh. Jennifer Lewis, who you worked with years ago when you were like young. How
1: was that uh, yeah.
0: like, with her.
1: Um, you know, it's funny. I, I uh, because of all like the pandemic rules and us all trying to like social distance and stuff, I, I didn't get to have a full conversation uh with her i got to say hello and i got to be like oh my gosh you're amazing uh <laughs> and like we bow before you uh you know queen that you are but um yeah i so said hopefully the next time we we our paths crossed i'll be able to say because i don't expect her to remember um you know our our interactions from long ago but it was just this magical she,
0: she probably like uh boy get away from me you know he, uh, yeah
1: And I said, and I will preface it by saying, you have no obligation to remember this, but there was a two week period of my life when I was young, where I did three shows with her in two weeks, like every set I went to over these two weeks, Jennifer Lewis was there and I was like, and I didn't know who she was before that I was probably like 11 or 12. And by the end of that two weeks, I was obsessed with her. I used to, um, I still have. I used to keep all my scripts and so I, I did two episodes of a different world no sorry one episode of a different world two episodes of living color with her and I have all of the a different world scripts and I used to uh on family like holidays I used to take my scripts with me and make all of my cousins act out uh you know the shows like a play and I would always play Jennifer Lewis because I thought she was just
0: <laughs> wow I thought she
1: was just so funny
0: wow that's amazing and look at you yeah. now like that look, look yeah so I, I i'm looking forward to
1: like in your blood. <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm, I'm looking forward to like you know getting past this pandemic and then and you know nathan calling me up and we all go hang out somewhere and she shows up and i can just say like thank you for everything i'm so happy that she's she's getting the flowers now because she Absolutely. has deserved them for 40 years but you know, I'm, I'm so happy that 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 we're in the moment where she's she's getting all the love she deserves.
0: Absolutely. And with you know, just seeing that she's this uh person who's always represent the black culture, um, with you being a black actor, um do you choose your roles just to create as an actor or is it are you conscious about the role that you're you're playing?
1: You know, I'm I'm not quite yet at a place where I get to really like say yes, no. Um, But I do like when the auditions come in, when the offers come in, uh, I'm very intentional about what kinds of messages I wanna put out into the world. Um, That I feel like I have an obligation as a person who growing up, even on be, even being on TV, I couldn't, I didn't see anyone who I felt like truly represented what I was going through. Mm. Uh, and so, if I can create a world where some young person who's fi- trying to figure themselves out, and they can be straight, they can be queer, they can be whatever, but if they're trying to figure themselves out and they can find themselves somewhere in my story, yeah, uh, I, th- I think that's really, you know. I got into acting because I like to inhabit other worlds and, you know, be other people. And now I'm realizing that like one of the things that we do that's so great. One of the things about all boys aren't blue, that's going to be so great is that there's going to be people who are watching, who see themselves Mm -hmm. represented, not just in the three actors who are playing it, not just in Jennifer Lewis and her beautiful narration, not just in George and their beautiful story, but like it's, there's going to be so many people who feel seen. Uh, and I think at, at its most powerful, that's what this medium really does. TV, film, theater, art, uh, right. you know, makes us feel a little less alone.
0: I mean, you come from the background of Nickelodeon and, and those uh, sorts of art that audience. So <laughs> seeing you transition into these roles, which are still great roles for family roles that anybody of any, um, if any color of any background are still able to watch you and watch you grow. And you do a great mm. job. I don't know if you have like a team that strategically you know, put themes in place, um, but all of the, your decisions that you're making?
1: Well, yeah, I do have a really great team. Uh, shout out to the team. Um, but also, what I think what my team really does impress upon me is that at the end of the day, I am the captain. Uh, okay. And so, you know, if I don't, if there's an audition that comes in that I don't think is, good, is, is what I want to do, they're like, okay, great. You know, I remember I did a movie uh, two years ago and it took four attempts for me to say Yes. Mm. Uh, and finally I had to, yeah, like, I just finally, I, yeah, I finally read the script and then I spoke to the producers mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I see what you're doing here, I'm sorry. Just on paper, it didn't read like that. It read like a stereotype and I was really mm. not interested in playing stereotypes, but now I understand this person's journey. And, um, you know, uh, so I ended up doing it, end up being one of my favorite things I've ever done. Um, but, but yeah, you know, I, I've, I've just been really lucky Um, you know, and yes, the preparation is there. I'm I'm ready to go at all times. But I've also just been even through this pandemic, just been very blessed and very lucky to be able to keep doing what I do and that people keep giving me the opportunity. Uh, I tell people all the time, one of my mantras as an actor is that I want to be scared. Uh, And so if you give me and that's one of the things even with Nickelodeon, people like, "What you did a kid's show. And I said, No, it was every week I'd open the script and I would be like, Oh, this week, I'm going to do a full Cirque du Soleil routine on the silks in the sky. I've never done that before. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it instilled in me this idea that like my best work comes from fear. My best work comes from opening, you know, Nathan sending me my chapter of all boys Aren't blue and me going, how in the hell am I going to make this work and make this interesting? And now, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to try. Yeah, uh, you know, so that yeah, and as long as that's as long as that fear is there, I am always excited. Every time I get a role, I'm like, oh crap, they're gonna find out I'm a, I'm a phony. They're gonna they're gonna fire me, and then it's great. It's, it's
0: funny. amazing. I think people are truly ready for
1: you. Um, what what is what is your dream role? Ooh, um, you know, it's funny. I'm I always say I'm greedy. So in my perfect world, I would have my like, you know, my like Shonda Rhimes-esque show. You know, maybe I'm a doctor, maybe I'm a lawyer. uh, But, you know, maybe a This Is Us type show. I love what Sterling K. Brown's been doing the last few years. I mean, he's such an inspiration, I think, to all of us, uh, you know, coming up behind him. Uh, Have a show like that. And then on my breaks from filming that, like go to New York and do a Broadway show. I've always wanted to do a Broadway show. Um, I used to joke. My grandfather used to say, uh, "Well, grandson, you said you made it, uh, but you haven't truly made it till you've been on the Broadway."
0: That's very
1: true. <laughs> uh, and and so so that's uh that's that's on the list of things. So I said a career where I can do everything. Where, yeah, like, you know, kind of like a Viola Davis. I think she's a great example of that. You know, like you're doing How to Get Away with Murder, but you're also filming fences and getting an Oscar but you're also going and doing a limited run of a play in New York absolutely. City uh that that's my dream that, that's that's I, I tell people all the time I want to be happily exhausted you know I don't want to be happily tired from,
0: exhausted. I, I don't want to that. be
1: tired from partying too much yes. I want to be tired because I'm fulfilled from my work
0: absolutely wow can you let us know when all boys aren't blue it's gonna be airing how can we check this out
1: Yes, yes, yes. All Boys Aren't Blue will be airing on Monday, February 8th uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time. If you want to come in for the pre party, the pre party starts at 7 p.m. Hey. Uh, paci- Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, but you can go to abab2021.eventbrite.com. A is an Adam, B is an boy, A is an Adam, B is an boy, and the numbers is 2021.eventbrite, B R I T E.com. It's free, uh, and it's just gonna be a really, really fun night, fun night. Like I said, we've got the pre-party, then you've got the show, and then there's a really phenomenal Q&A that comes after the show that features George and Delon and uh, a couple of special guests. Um, I think that they've just they've curated a really wonderful evening. Like I said, I just hope people show up with open hearts, open ears, open minds. And um, yeah, just uh, enjoy celebrating what these folks have put together and then also like remember that the whole point of the event is to celebrate uh the idea of the stigma of HIV AIDS especially in the black community um we've got to do better we've got to do better being a community being united being there for our for our brothers and sisters our trans brothers our non-binary um uh, friends and family who are dealing with this we've got to you know it's been 30 years and the stigma still hasn't really gone away so we've got to you know, reach out, embrace, and uh, really start to have those hard conversations about why the stigma exists, which leads back to the stigma that exists around being queer in general, which leads back to, you know, the sort of conservative side of, of sexuality and sexual identity that the church takes. And, you know, it's a lot of unpacking to do, but uh, it's past time to unpack it. So um, and I think we're all just really happy to be a part of an event that will further and hopefully forward that conversation
0: thank you mr thomas hoffman thank you so much and please continue to show beautiful images of who we are in each character so um thank you so much for all the work that you do
1: thank you subscribe now